Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to John George Ministries, where you can find revelatory truths to transform your life, increasing your understanding of spiritual things, and to propel you into helping others with the miracle ministry of deliverance that we all have in Jesus Christ. This is a free broadcast brought to you by our faithful supporters. To sign up for our email list, mobile app, hear testimonies, receive more free teachings, partner with us, or to host John George Ministries in your area, please visit our website at johngeorgeministries.com. And that's spelled J-O-N. Now here's today's broadcast. So I wanted to pose this question because one of the greatest arguments has come up against the courts of heaven teaching is that Satan is the accuser of the brethren and he stands before God accusing us before his throne. We have to obviously weigh everything according to obviously the evidence of what we have uh, in the word of the Lord. And so the word of God gives us some insights uh, into this subject that, uh, well, we just might want to consider. So that's what the point I wanted to bring up today. Uh, that's where we're headed. So hope you enjoy this ride as well as I will. Basically, we know that Satan is the accuser of the brethren, right? The Bible says that he is the accuser of the brethren. But if you actually look where it is saying he's the accuser of the brethren, uh, it actually follows that up by saying that a great war broke out in heaven and uh, Michael... Uh, and his angels fought against Satan and his angels, and uh, that he was uh, kicked out of heaven. Now, this is in the book of Revelation. Now, Revelation, if you understand uh, that the context of it, it actually provides uh, an insight or a revelation of prior, current, and future events. So you have to figure out what time period this particular scripture was talking about. And so we do have some evidence to actually confirm what we can uh, presume from the interpretation of the scripture. So first of all, in Revelation 12, it says that Satan, the accuser of the brethren, uh, was kicked out of heaven when... A woman gave birth to a child, capital C for child, uh, in that, uh, into that salvation has come to uh, the earth or mankind. And uh, so this child, right, brings forth salvation. It says he will rule all nations all nations with an iron rod. It says that he will rule all nations with an iron rod. This child who was born of this woman that the devil actually tried to wage war against. And so we know that the attempt on Christ's life was made from the moment of birth. So we know that presumably <laughs> this could be Jesus that he's referring to. And so the way that this translation reads, or the way that the scripture reads, is that Satan was kicked out of heaven at the appearance of the Christ child, or the child that was to rule all nations, and that salvation would come through this uh, period of time to all, right? And so you consider that that might be the 
within the realm of possibility. But let me give you the, uh, the well, what would you call it? Um, the evidence that brings reasonable, reasonable suspicion to a position of beyond a reasonable doubt. We can potentially interpret that context or chapter of Scripture to be that time period, right? But this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. It is absolutely, entirely, 100% consistent with when Jesus walked the earth in the flesh, present, during that time frame that we presume this is talking about, and Jesus himself said, while walking in the flesh, I saw Satan kicked out of heaven like lightning. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And so, we saw, we see in the scripture that Jesus is illustrating the uh, point of time that Satan was removed from heaven and it was at the time when he appeared on the earth as the time of salvation that had come to all man where this child that was born of this woman that the devil would go after uh, would rule all nations with the iron rod. So therefore, scripture, I believe, testifies that the moment that Jesus came to the earth, right, and was given as a sacrifice, whether obviously it happened at the point of the cross or what have you, this process was going down and Satan was removed from heaven at the time that Christ appeared on the earth. And that's what the scripture reveals in Revelation and of course in the gospel. So, we have to ask ourselves, is Satan still having a voice before the throne of God? Okay, that's a big uh, factor. That's a big factor to determine, okay? And so I say, no. Why? Because the scripture says that Jesus disarmed Satan and made a public shoe or spectacle out of him and triumphed over him. And then Jesus told his disciples, watch this. He told his disciples, I have given you authority over all of the power of the enemy. He says, behold, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So why are we trying to put Satan back into a seat or a position that has been taken from him or that he's been stripped of? Satan might be the accuser of the brethren even today, but he's not doing it before the throne of God. He's doing it between uh, person to person. And now he's working on the earth. The Bible says he was hurled down to the earth with a third of the angels and a third of the stars of heaven is what the Bible says. And then it says that beware on the earth for the devil knows his time is short. Now that he's been kicked out of heaven, he's come down to you. And it is up to us to be aware that he knows his time is short and he is taking out his vengeance or his wrath on us. 
but Jesus says that I have given you all authority on heaven, or I'm sorry, he says all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, now go. And so thou were seated in heavenly places with Christ, joint heirs with him, the Bible says as he is, so are we, so therefore the authority that we are seated upon joint heirs with him, seated with him, functioning from the direct authority of the uh, the one who we are one with, Jesus Christ, our Lord, right? We are ambassadors and we're exercising this very authority that he has delegated to us to exercise because it has been given to him. So if all authority on heaven and earth has been given to Jesus, why are we allowing Satan to have an authority, right? We've been given authority over all of his power. So why do we feel like we have to negotiate with God, first of all, over the devil's powers that are coming against us? We do not need to negotiate with God that in, in a situation that God has dethroned Satan from his position. Why on earth or in heaven would you send your son to overthrow your enemy, because the Bible says he's an enemy of God, why would you send your son to overthrow your enemy and then give your enemy who has been conquered an advisory role in your kingdom? Like, this is the sense that some people are working with. Like, God would send, the Bible says that this for this purpose, or for this reason, the Son of God was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil, right? The Bible says that uh, Jesus triumphed over him, making a public spectacle out of him, right? We know that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. So why in the world do you think that Jesus, or God the Father, would be considering what the enemy is saying since he's been overthrown? It is ridiculous to have these ideologies or theologies and we need to consider what the Word of the Lord says. I've had people that are trying to, uh, you know, debate this situation and they're now trying to tell me it's a mobile uh, office, it's a mobile court now and God uh, now brings his courtroom down to earth and that's when Satan is now in his courtroom again. And it's like, all right. <laughs> All right, so anyway, um, cool, right. So the point in what I'm trying to say is, is one of the reasons that I've brought this up and I've called it an anti-Christ teaching is because the purpose of Christ, the purpose of the atonement, the purpose of his, of his coming was to deliver us from the evil one was to conquer and to overthrow the evil one. And so why, what, what, what kind of um, honor or position would that testify of when we would see the person of Christ coming to give up his life and to overthrow evil to now, uh, and then he kicked Satan out of heaven, right? <clears throat> To, uh, to now give the devil a position where he gets put back there after all that went down. It's ridiculous. And so we have to function from a position of victory. 
the moment we try to go back, people try to tell me all the time, they're like, well, what about Job? What about Job, right? Job, um, you know, had this situation uh, where he was attacked by the devil uh, and God was well aware of it. God had not sent his only son in that time period. We have to understand there's a huge moment in time that everybody seems to forget about or seems to not fully understand or comprehend the purpose of. And that is Jesus came and gave us a, an authority over the devil that Job did not have. See, Jesus told his disciples, I give you authority over all of the power of the devil. Could you imagine how Job's situation could have looked very different if he had been given that authority? He would not have to stand for Satan's uh, uh, tactics any longer. And that's the good news that we have in Christ. Salvation has come to the world. We don't have to let the devil sit there and continue to try to slander and accuse us because we've been made perfect in Christ, the Bible says, and while we are being sanctified. We are, uh, it is his righteousness that we function from. It is the place and the position of his obedience, his sacrifice, his blood, his atonement. It's not about our righteousness, right? So I wanna make this very clear. According to Revelation 12, and when Jesus says, in the New uh, Testament, I can't remember where it's at, obviously probably in parallel places because we have parallel uh, Gospels. So, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see that Satan was kicked out of heaven. And so the idea that Satan is still in heaven, the Bible says he's been hurled down to the earth and he knows his time is short. So, stop giving the devil a position that has been overthrown and taken from him. Do not allow the devil to be welcomed into your courtroom experience with God, all right? The courts of heaven are very real. The Bible talks about the courts and entering his courts, right? But I wanna be clear what the part, the portion of that that I am not uh, in agreement with is the fact that the devil has any position any longer to sit there and mouth his accusations against us according to the blood of Jesus Christ that says no more. I love the word of the Lord. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go, is what Jesus said. Could you imagine how many miracles would have not been wrought, would have not been manifested or produced if the devil had tried to use these lies with the disciples and the apostles back in the day? They would have not been able to heal so many people and to cast demons out of so many people that needed help because the devil would have been able to trick them into believing the lies that he's tricking us into believing today. The Bible says in the last days, 
Paul says in the last days that um, uh, there will be seducing spirits that will uh, deceive even the elect if that were possible. He was literally saying, I can't believe it. I don't even understand how this could be possible. But nonetheless, in the last days, there will be seducing spirits that will deceive even the elect. And so what we're seeing today is a work of the enemy that has infiltrated the church, that has given him a position that has been stripped from him. And we need to go back to the roots of the gospel. We need to go back to the original foundation of what Jesus taught and what he demonstrated and then the same thing being duplicated and the apostles and the disciples taught and duplicated the exact same thing. But now all of a sudden, 2,000 years later, we have a different message. We have a different message than the one that was originally being preached. And Paul says, if anybody comes to you with another gospel other than the one that we've preached to you, the one that we've received, do not receive them. Even if angels appear before you testifying of another gospel, do not receive it. And if you receive a different spirit other than the one that you've received, don't receive it. He is so emphasizing understanding this original pattern of the gospel was never supposed to be tainted, corrupted, twisted, manipulated, perverted, uh, or changed. The original design of the gospel was so simple, they understood what the atonement of Christ represented. They understood what Jesus Christ and Him crucified meant. Paul says, when I was with you, I claimed to know nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And so often today we have this minister and that minister and this minister and that minister getting another formula, another sequence, another revelation, another third heaven visitation, another this, another that, giving these secrets to people's healings and deliverances that I believe might just be decoys that take us off of what is so simple. Handkerchiefs and shadows we're healing and delivering people in the scriptures. That's how simple it was. And so what if these teachings that are actually putting Satan back into a position where now we have to go before God to see if he will grace us with deliverance from the devil. Whoa, hello, that's what Christ did. Christ has delivered us from the devil. Haven't you heard the good news? This is the problem with the teachings that are infecting the body of Christ today. Why are we being taught and trained? Could this be the doctrines of devils that they were talking about in the scriptures? That we are now supposed to go before God in the courtroom of heaven and to just ask if he would give us uh, by some means uh, deliverance from Satan. Have we forgot that's what he sent his only son to do? And he has done it. And that's why Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Oh man, man, oh man, oh man. I'm telling you right now, there was a, what's this, uh, John Paul Jackson, he was given a revelation 
John Paul Jackson, before he passed away, the Lord showed him in a vision or uh, spoke to him or what have you, and he says to him, he says, the secret to the end time revival, the end time harvest, where I will go out into all of the world and absolutely overtake and overthrow the powers of darkness that are blinding and hindering the people, where my glory will be poured out across the earth. He says the secret sauce is going to be found in Hebrews chapter 11. What is that, ladies and gentlemen? The faith chapter. It is where Paul is trying to get the word of truth across to the people of God. And he's saying to them, listen, it's all about faith. It's all about faith in the finished work of the cross. It's all about the faith in what has already been done. Stop trying to complicate what he made so simple. And he's trying to emphasize this right happened by faith. He's mentioning all the generals. He's going through Abraham. He's going through the whole bit. And he's talking about how faith was the key. And it's not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if only we would believe the report of the Lord. If only we would believe the Word of God. If only we would believe in the atonement of Christ. It's the same M.O. of the devil in the voice of the, the garden from day one of creation. Where God said something. And today he said the blood of Christ has been poured out for your deliverance from evil. And now the devil's trying to come back and he's saying, what did God say? All of a sudden now Satan's back in the courtrooms of heaven. No, not in my courtroom. <laughs> not on my trial. Okay. <laughs> he is not allowed because I know the word of the Lord. All right. And so hopefully he's not allowed in yours either. Right. Because I agree with God. The Bible says we can attest, uh, we can test and approve the perfect will of the Lord. Right. And so you just have to know the will of God and how he reveals it. And he's made it very clear to us. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope this message blessed you. This is deliverance for many people because too many people have been giving the devil a say that is actually causing uh, them to be led down rabbit trails of why they can't get their healing or why they can't get their deliverance. When Jesus says, walk by faith, my son or my daughter or my brother in Jesus' case or sister. And he says, uh, and he says, walk by faith and not by sight. And so when the healing doesn't manifest, maybe, uh, maybe just, maybe you don't need to change a thing. Maybe you just need to keep walking by faith, right? The problem is, is the decoys and the diversions that the devil puts out for us is to try to get us off track because he knows if he can get us onto something else, uh, some other process, some other method, some other tactic, some other sequence, or some other formula, that he'll be able to buy himself more time. And now you're chasing this tactic and that formula and this method and this maze to try to get your healing when the blood of Jesus Christ was all sufficient to be poured out upon the earth. And the woman who touched his hem just happened to know it. And she reached out and grabbed something that wasn't even initiated by him. Woo! Because she knew what was so freely being poured out from him. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you something. If we would understand what grace really is and what is so freely dripping from his robe, what is so freely dripping from the person of the Messiah, from the person of Christ, from the Savior of the world, maybe, just maybe, we'd be able to tap into the glory realms because there's only one substance that is required. It is belief in the all-sufficiency of Christ, the Messiah, the good news, the Savior of the world. Woo!
Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, let me tell you something. If we would understand this, maybe, just maybe, the sequence or the formula or the maze of simple faith might just be all we need to tap into what Jesus Christ paid in His all-sufficient price of our redemption. Oh my. My, my, my. What if the blood was enough? What if the blood of Christ was enough? I'm telling you today, shut up, devil. Get out of my life. He was enough. The blood was enough. Amen? Oh my gosh, we just need to get back to the basics. Oh man, I'm telling you, when I was with you, Paul says, I claim to know nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Woo! What if that's all we needed? What if then, walking in that understanding and integrity and uh, uh, knowledge of the pureness of Him and His spotless positioning of a sacrifice was the very substance that was required for the healing of all mankind. All mankind. Body, soul, and spirit. Emotions. Mindsets. Thought process. Mental clarity. All of these different things. What if it was enough? And what if sometimes walking by faith might take more than a minute? Let's not try to figure out what's broken because maybe it's not broken at all. Maybe you're on the right track and maybe you just need to keep walking by faith. And I'm telling you, they knew something in the, in the New Testament. They knew something in the Bible when they would be able to do what they did where demons were coming out of people just because a handkerchief was being redistributed. Just because shadows of the person would touch them. What if they walked in an understanding of what the blood of Jesus Christ really represented? This isn't a one-day message, guys. This isn't something that we shout for joy today and then we forget about tomorrow. This is something that we need to continue to revisit over and over again because that's what Smith Wigglesworth talked about when he mentioned ever-increasing faith. And if faith is the substance of what we, is necessary to produce the miracle according to the Word of God, everywhere Jesus taught about miracles, he always mentioned faith being the only necessity. The only necessity. And so if that's the thing that we need, how do we increase that? Well... The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The problem is, is too many people are hearing psychologists and doctors and naturalists and herbalists and many different things instead of the Word of the Lord that says nothing is impossible for him who believes. Nothing. Jesus says, ask anything that you wish in my name and it shall be given to you so that your joy will be made full. Could you imagine if the tax collectors came to you and you just happened to, you just needed to catch a fish <laughs> to pay enough for a year's worth of, uh, of a bill collection for you and enough to overflow for the, the person that was with you. 
Jesus taught us things like this. He said, nothing's impossible. And I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm being challenged by this very word myself because we're being brought from glory to glory by the word of the Lord. Hopefully, we're being trained by the word of the Lord. The Bible says you make the word of God of no effect by your traditions. And so these traditions that are being passed down that are producing a church that looks nothing like the original church, maybe just maybe if we want to look like them at minimum, maybe we need to start paying attention to the things that they believed and the reports that they were hearing and redistributing and stop leaning on our own understanding. Too much worldly wisdom has crept in. Man, I'm telling you, it's, it, it's, it causes a struggle in the mind because the Bible says, you know, the carnal mind is enmity with God. So if you really don't surrender to the Word of God as your foundation, right? If you, if you make the things that you've always known your foundation and then try to put the Word of God on top of that, your foundation is still uh, the worldly wisdom. But if you're willing to let go of all that and make His Word the base, source, that everything else is figured out by... That's when we get the ridiculous measure of his realm, of, the, of his kingdom to be poured out within our own. So again, this cannot be a one once and done message. This is a message that we need to have continuously poured into our lives and sown and sown and sown and redistributed and redistributed and the the the, the critics the naysayers the haters uh, the the people who still want to deal with carnal mindsets or function from those places are going to have something to say they're going to but if we don't continue to redistribute this word in our lives we might be being robbed of something and settling for less there are so many things that actually produce results today. So many tactics, methods, I mean, you name it. But I want to produce the results of the model that we are supposed to live by was producing. And those are the places that I'm uh, paying attention to. I want to listen to the, to the reports of the people that are producing the, the things that, of where I want to go. Oh, I got a question here that just came up on my screen. What in the word brings more faith? Oh, I'm sorry. That's not a question. Bonnie says more time in the word brings more faith. It does, but let me encourage you. The scripture is very clear that faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of the Lord. Many times, reading is not completely sufficient I believe that we need to recite it, we need to hear it, we need to preach it, uh, we need to be sitting under someone who's teaching it, uh, and sometimes the Lord will speak to us these things by His Spirit, and that's also a form of hearing. Reading can also produce a hearing as well. But I think it definitely, I uh, just wanted to emphasize that. So Bonnie, thank you for that. Just kind of wanted to add to it. But another thing too, is if you understand where the disciples couldn't cast out the demon, and they went to Jesus and they said, why could we not cast out the demon? Everybody always goes to the prayer and fasting aspect of that scripture. But I've learned a completely new understanding of that scripture. And that's 
thanks to uh, the, the minister of Andrew Womack. Andrew Womack has a teaching that um, I think others do as well, where in that scripture, Jesus pointed out to them his response to their question, when they said, why could we not cast out the demon? His response to their question was this, because of your unbelief. And then he says, if you have faith, you know, that you could say to this mountain, and he goes on to this whole thing about faith, right? To, uh, to, to address the problem of why they couldn't cast out the demon. It was because of their unbelief. And then he says these words that always mess people up. He says, nevertheless, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. And so people completely forget everything that Jesus just said, and they think that, okay, now this devil only comes out through prayer and fasting. The, the opposing or challenging thought process that Andrew Womack stimulated through what the Holy Spirit showed him is that Jesus was not talking about this kind of demon only comes out through prayer and fasting. He was saying this kind of unbelief only comes out through prayer and fasting. And so this is the point. Many times people will hear this and the enemy will rise up because they've always known it to be a certain way and that mocking spirit will come up and they'll be like, oh, give me a break. Oh, you kidding me? Rah, 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 you know? And it's like, wait a minute, hang on a second because that's the same thing that I just talked about that Satan did to Eve in the beginning of the garden when God said you can eat of all the trees of the garden except for this over here. And, 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 and Satan came along and he says, did I hear that God said you could not eat from any single tree on the face of the planet? Like he literally just over-exaggerated and just over, like, you know, uh, dramatized this entire uh, truth to blow it way out of proportion to make it sound so ludicrous. And that was a form of manipulation and word twisting. And we've seen this happen even a lot of the comments that have been on my posts in retaliation to the, my teachings that I'm teaching. And so it is what it is. I'm not here to, you know, to accuse the people. I'm just here to point out what we as people can manifest sometimes. And that's why Jesus wasn't being cold hearted when he said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, for you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. See, he was pointing out what was spiritually taking place there. And so anyway, yes, Jesus Jesus is not, first of all, a liar, okay? Jesus is not a liar. And so we know this according to his character, right? It's pretty in alignment with his character of who he is. So he's not a liar. He's not schizophrenic. He's not double-minded. And he literally told them that it was because of their unbelief when they asked the question. So if it happened to be that this kind of demon only comes out through prayer and fasting then why would he have ever said it was because of their unbelief? Is their, 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 their faith level would have not had nothing to do with it if this kind of demon only comes out through prayer and fasting. It was because this kind of unbelief that you guys are dealing with only come out through prayer and fasting. And that would be very consistent with the other scriptures that we see where the Pharisees came to Jesus and says, why don't your disciples fast and pray like we do or what have you? And so we knew they did not fast according to that scripture. And so Jesus was saying, if you fast, 
this level of unbelief that is manifesting in your life that is holding you back from these miracles will be removed from you. This level of unbelief will come out of you through prayer and fasting. And so then you're, you, will men, you will function at the level of faith that is required to successfully deliver this person. And so it is so awesome when you understand that there are hanging chads or sacred cows that are these little tiny things that hang on the edge that get us hung up on, uh, you know, making or losing the value of what Jesus taught. And Jesus taught us that faith was the only thing required. And so now if the devil can convince us that it's more than just faith required, when it was just faith that was required, then he can get us on these rabbit trails that he loves to do. And so it is just faith that's required. And that's why the, devil, the, the disciples couldn't cast that demon out. And so they needed to increase their faith. And if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord, and Jesus said that this kind of unbelief can come out through prayer and fasting, then maybe we, in, in order to increase our faith, right, then we need to stimulate ourselves with the word of the Lord by hearing his word. And furthermore, praying and fasting can literally kill or crucify further that force that is operating within us, that is trying to hinder the work of the Lord from manifesting through our lives. Because, see, faith is not just an intense belief system. People believe this. People have been taught in the church today that, it, that faith is like this real strenuous, like, mm, I'm, really, I'm really thinking hard enough to believe this to be true. And it's like, it's not that. The Bible defines faith. It says faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance, I'm sorry, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. It is the very manifestation or the essence of that which you are praying for. So, it's pretty awesome when we uh, get bent by the word. Who said that? Somebody commented something similar to that. It says, dun, 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 dun. I thought somebody had commented. I might have missed it. But basically, um, yeah, we just want to keep it simple. And we just want to know that, you know, first of all, Satan has been kicked out of heaven. Uh, and furthermore, uh, he's been disarmed. And if only we would function from that position. And Jesus has given us authority over all of the power of the devil. And so if the power of the devil is coming against us, right? If the power of the devil is coming against us, and Jesus says he's given us authority over all the power of the devil, then maybe, just maybe, we just need to walk in our authority, right? And yes, people pray today, and they petition God for things that they themselves are able to do because the authority has been delegated and the power has been released. And they still get the results sometimes. Yes, God can deliver miracles, but didn't Jesus command us to heal the sick? Didn't Jesus tell his disciples for them to heal the sick? Didn't Jesus tell his disciples for them to cast out devils? Of course we can pray to God for deliverance and for healing. And there's nothing wrong with praying to God. And so, yes, God can manifest miracles this way. But the problem is, is if we are, you know, completely uh, dependent on God 
for doing many of the things that he has delegated and given us the authority and the power to manifest, might we be missing the ability to exercise the dominion on the earth that he has delegated to us? Right? And so it doesn't mean that you won't experience results. They experienced healing in the Old Testament. The Bible says, "You heal me of all my iniquities." Uh, uh, you know, you they were they were they were they were saying in the Old Testament that God was healer. They called him healer, and that was before the blood of Jesus was poured out. And so he was healer. You could pray to God and receive healing. And so there's nothing wrong with that within itself. But when you give the devil a place that he's been stripped of, there I have a problem. And then number two, when there are certain things that you can walk in if you would just understand your God-given authority, it doesn't mean we're independent from God, right? We still want to pray. Definitely, we still want to go to the Lord. You can even still pray, deliver us from evil. Because sometimes the Lord will give you tactics on how to overthrow the enemy. Sometimes he'll give you insights on the works of the enemy so you know what is what he's doing to your life. But nonetheless, nonetheless, it is important to understand that there is a level of identity that I believe is being sorely missed. That is much of the emphasis that I'm sharing today. So hopefully this message has brought about a little bit of balance, a little bit of clarification. Uh, has helped you understand maybe uh, why I've been sharing some of the things I've been sharing and hopefully will bring you to a place where maybe you will stop allowing the enemy to bring you down rabbit trails that are only keeping you in bondage because you don't understand the full sufficiency of Jesus, his blood being shed for you and what it really meant. The Bible says Jesus went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil. All. The Bible says that they brought to the apostles uh, all of the sick in the entire town and they healed them all. There is, again, the scripture reference from Christ in his teachings and demonstration. Then the disciples teaching and demonstration. Then the apostles teaching and demonstration. We have the same thing being duplicated over and over again and it's very simple to the point and they were healing them all. All. All, 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 all. The only places they couldn't get healed was when they came to Jesus' own hometown and Christ, the manifested Messiah, God in the flesh, standing before them. They, he could do no mighty work except heal only a few sick people is what the Bible says because of their unbelief. There we have it again. Jesus says, if you say to this mountain and believe it and do not doubt in your heart, it will do as you tell it to do. There we have belief again. Peter he was walking on water. Jesus helped him out. Then he let him go. Peter began to sink. What did Jesus say? Well, you need to renounce the sins of your ancestors from 37 generations ago. Uh, that's why the devil got uh, uh, the power over you to cause you to sink. Uh, or maybe you haven't repented of all your sins. Uh, or maybe, um, you know, maybe whatever. No, Jesus said it was unbelief. He just simply lost the faith. And he began to fret. And so, man, this is so good if we can just grab this. 
Never in a scriptural reference do we have anybody not getting their healing or deliverance through any other. Thank you for listening to another revelatory message from John George Ministries. It is because of faithful supporters and listeners like you that help us to continue to provide this content to more and more bringing freedom and training to the masses. To sow into more messages like this or to connect with us on our various platforms, please visit our website at johngeorgeministries.com. And don't forget, John is spelled J-O-N. God bless you.